to the ladies to the gentlemen to the fellas 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 out there welcome into the final thoughts for the championship sunday nfl conference championship week really the final fun slate that we get for the nfl the super bowl showdown slate might be fun to just wager on it's a big event it's an event just in general it's like an award show almost the way that the super bowl is hyped up and everybody watching it but it's not as fun for dfs i would say as these nice two game slates where you actually have some variants some actual options to choose from some players that are injured some underpriced players here and there right you get to actually rely on ownership a little bit more stack up an entire team which i'm going to be trying to do this weekend and now we have the other thing that we needed which we didn't have as much on wednesday when we have some final thoughts we have our final breakdown in terms of projections rankings on patreon down below but we have ownership ownership is going to be the big one earlier in the week ownership was coming in relatively low on patrick mahomes as there was uncertainty some murkiness around his status now that he's practicing him in a limited fashion now that he's actually act there literally at practice just has to clear the protocol at this point which with the trends are looking like it seems pretty damn clear that he's going to be clearing the protocol it's looking like you're going to be seeing Patrick Mahomes picking up ownership that might actually push towards some of the highest on the slate. He was basically right around, like Patrick Mahomes was coming in behind Josh Allen, and he was coming in a little bit ahead of Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady was coming in last, as he still is. But really, to no surprise, Patrick Mahomes' ownership is now elevating as it looks like he's going to be healthier, as he has the highest team total on the slate and the highest game total out of these two games with some really nice pace environment. And again, he's just Patrick Mahomes with some crazy and fantastic weapons. And my goal here is to smack you around with the information, the only place that you'll need to be for this weekend's games. Any updates will be had on Patreon. Patreon for Superdraft, for Patreon projections, ownership rankings, any of that, if any guys are ruled out. You've had Gabriel Davis still missing practices as of right now as I record this on Friday morning. You've had Sammy Watkins still in the injury report and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire that we're going to have to see if they're going to be able to go. I'm projecting them both in right now to play. We'll know more on that later today and also obviously on Sunday's injury report before the game. But then also Le'Veon Bell for Kansas City is Kansas City is dealing with a lot of injuries right now as he was added to the injury report with a swollen knee. Now you saw Darrell Williams really take on the bulk of the load. So if Le'Veon Bell and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire were to both miss, you get now Darwin Thompson and Darrell Williams taking on the workload, and I would think the veteran and Williams would see a big chunk. But again, these are some things that we could watch for today, depending on the final practice reports on Friday, and the teams will be prepping, getting to each other's stadiums, whatever it might be on Saturday, day off, and then Sunday walkthroughs. Sunday, we'll get the final report, so we'll update anything if we need to before lock on Patreon. The video today is sponsored by Jock Market. If you're not already familiar, if you've not been on some of these NBA live streams we're doing, if you have not been watching my content for the whole season because you're just finding it right now because, you know, you play season long and now you're bored, so you want to play uh, the playoffs, DFS, well, I'm your guy. I'm the guy that you need. You don't need to be running around everywhere else paying for the same content that I'm going to give you right now except you know better and putting it in front of a paywall putting it on YouTube where I've been grinding now for two to two and a half years I appreciate this community so much you you empower me and allow me to do the things that I really enjoy doing so I could not show more appreciation to all of you beautiful people out there so thank you so much in advance if you want to hit the like subscribe I appreciate that Jock Market is another sponsor of the show Jock Market is people that uh, they're really you know they're, they're bringing something to the table that I thought about when I was like you know a lot of people have thought about this fantasy sports stock exchange thing right but the logistics of it is where the average Joe like myself like five years ago i remember driving a car a three-hour drive with my buddy and we were just trying to come up with the concept we uh, reached out to one of our friends who's a developer and he was telling us like basically what we would need to do to start the building box of it but man what they have right there the infrastructure the beautiful sleek design of their app they're bringing it to a web browser very soon jock market is a ton of fun download it down below totally for free and when you download it use the code sal20 sal20 it is going to give you a 20 dollars credit in your account look jock market what it basically is right now is daily fantasy sports meeting a stock exchange so you can buy stock in these players meaning that if you think they're going to be performing highly and the indication of if you get paid out, how much more you get paid out is based on their fantasy points. Makes sense, right? So if you buy Patrick Mahomes and he ends up being the number one scorer for every single share of Patrick Mahomes you have, say you bought him for like $12, $10, you will be getting $25, right? So you just 2X your money, 2.5X your money, right? But you don't have to just finish in first place. Every single spot where some of your shares will be falling, you'll either win money based on where their fantasy points are finishing relative 
to the field in the market or you'll lose some money but you can buy and sell all throughout live so if you think somebody's having a pretty good first quarter of football and you want to sell them high because you don't think it's going to sustain and you can lock in those profits go for it or on the opposite side of that if you think it's going to sustain you pay a little bit of a premium and now you have a nice player who's in a hot spot on your team i actually got a dm from somebody named kyle this morning won't give away any more information than that but he said on a separate note we were talking about mental health he said on a separate note i've been having so much fun on jock market i won five dollars on their free contest on my first try and i keep killing it play second place tonight for ten dollars with the free twenty dollars that you got and i dropped a little in there myself i'm on a way to a nice bankroll love it i love that so much so that's fantastic if you want to check it out any questions you can leave them in the comment section reach out to me on twitter but yes down below jock market download the app totally for free daily fantasy sports becomes a stock exchange code sal20 sal20 get you a free twenty dollar credit let's get into the slate starting with the quarterbacks i'm going to be popping up some of the stats on the screen some of our game by game note stats that you can kind of reference if you want to see them since it's a two-game slate and for my mental health purposes just having a lot on my plate this week not only in the personal life but also just in the the work life throwing it on there with uh, now mma starting back up pj in the full swing of things we still have right now nba and nfl all this stuff uh, uh, piling onto it i'm not going to be doing a that one dude video this week and honestly it'll be a lot of overlap so i'll kind of reference the guy who will be a that one dude when we get to each individual position there's not that many guys to choose from from like quarterback running back and tight end really just like wide receiver so i could have made just one solo video for like the wide receiver position but we're just going to reference it here but yeah patrick mahomes is going to be my favorite play look you have two really quality plays in this slate it's mahomes and it's josh allen i would assume that mahomes and josh allen are in the winning lineup on this slate one of those two guys close to 70 percent of the time i would say that aaron Rodgers is around like a 15 to 20 percent chance of being in the winning lineup tom brady like a 10 to 15 percent so that means that josh allen and patrick mahomes have like these 30 to 40 percent chances i would say that mahomes is around 40 percent josh allen around 30 percent to be in the winning lineup based on their price points based on their team's overall points and then my ownership projections on them which is basically me just trying to identify optimal lineup builds so with that being said yeah my interest right now you could see are patrick mahomes and josh down and patrick mahomes again he has this toe injury that he's dealing with it could restrict the mobility which is the reason why i actually think that the bills plus three is a pretty solid bet if you watch my betting video this week but i don't care if they win or lose if patrick mahomes is putting up 30 points i can care less if they lose for dfs purposes he's going to be questionable with the concussion he's going to play through the toe either way if he does play kansas city has a negative three percent pass blocking advantage as you can see right now on the screen and they rank seventh overall in pass blocking during the regular season now buffalo's defense this is the concern like if mahomes isn't mobile out there buffalo has the seventh overall ranked pass rush and they're number nine in coverage Tredavious White really helping out with that and then you also have in the secondary some other players like Micah Hyde out there really holding on their secondary to be a top 10 unit to end the year out of all the teams left in the playoffs the four teams left Buffalo has the best overall pressure rate at 32 percent so it's going to be the best pass rush left in the playoffs right now although the Packers pass rush is slowly coming back up and the Tampa Bay pass rush is honestly trending downwards if they've had some injuries to that defensive line Buffalo right around average allowing 235 yards per game passing now last week Patrick Holmes before getting injured 21 of 30 led the week with 8.5 yards per attempt 255 yards a touchdown 70 percent completion percentage only behind jared goff's noodly arm and five yard passes from him and he had a rushing touchdown as well you can see all the other stats on the screen we know that he was up there as a number one two or three option at the mvp towards the end of the season then aaron Rodgers smacked him around and took that from him and josh allen came out of nowhere and even threatened him for the second place if that's even going to be worth anything but he finished fifth overall with eight yards per attempt we know how good this player is i don't really have to break down into the stats if you're watching on the youtube version you can see all the stats on there led the league in fantasy points per game yards. he was top five he was fantastic when it came to just so many different pressure ratings and true passer ratings but what i have for patrick Mahomes this week is the highest projected player on the entire slate at any single position i have patrick Mahomes right now on patreon as my highest projected player on DraftKings, he's not my favorite super draft play but on DraftKings, he's my favorite quarterback play this week i've not yet run my final crunches or anything like that but i suspect i'm going to get a lot of patrick Mahomes. we touched on this on wednesday but in case you're not going to watch a wednesday video which i assume half of you based on the views that we usually get won't be new that maybe even more than that i'm going to be full on game stacking and by that i don't just mean the normal patrick Mahomes, with tyree kill travis kelsey running back with cole beasley no i mean i'm probably going to be stacking up patrick Mahomes with let's just say i'm just going to name guys i don't know if this is the exact lineups right but travis kelsey tyree kill mccall hardman and then i'm fine going with clyde Edwards-Lair as well like i full-on game stack running back on the opposite side of that one with cole beasley and stefan diggs or running back on the opposite side of that one with cole beasley and john brown whatever ends up working and fitting out for that lineup i mean there's only two games on the slate so i'd rather cap 
actually the one that's actually going to be getting me the nice total of 28, the highest in the slate, a team that is scoring at will right now. That team that looked fantastic before Mahomes went down last week. Nobody could even stop them. And now you have Buffalo in the middle of the field. That's not really going to have an answer for a guy like Tyreek Hill this week. You're not going to have an answer with Tredavious White. You can say, I don't care who the cornerback is every single week. There's, oh, this is a good cornerback. No, Tyreek Hill moves into the slot. Tredavious White won't go there. Tyreek Hill moves in motion nonstop out of the backfield. It doesn't matter. He's going to be a mismatch every single goddamn week. They have no answers for Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field. If Clyde edwards Lair comes back, it's just a, a fantastic spot for a lot of people, especially if Le'Veon Bell does have something wrong with his knee and he's not able to play and Clyde edwards Lair comes back, even better for his overall touch volume, even better for his overall snap count right back into it his first week back. So Mahomes right now, I suspect that these guys are going to be picking up ownership. The ownership at, that you're seeing on Patreon right now is going to be updated. So earlier this week, Mahomes doesn't pick up that much ownership because of the injury quirkiness. You had Josh Allen converting to a lot of this ownership, like 40% ownership for Josh Allen, 25% for Mahomes to start the week. I think those things are going to diverge. I think you're going to see them both in the low to mid thirties a piece. I think you're going to see Rodgers and Brady in like the mid teens each. So yeah, that means that that Tampa Bay game is going to be half his own pretty much all around because of stacks and things like that. Pretty much all around, at least at the wide receivers quarterbacks, probably not tight ends because of Kelsey and a lot less than half on because of Kelsey in the Kansas City game and Dawson Knox being a nice option in Buffalo. But for the most part, you're not gonna have that much ownership in Green Bay and Tampa Bay relative to Buffalo and Kansas City. And I'm okay still going with Kansas City and Buffalo. I just know the way to get different. And that's the full on game stack. It. Many people might snack up Patrick Mahomes with two of his pass catchers, which people don't normally do that in the first place. I doubt many people are going to do it with three or four of his pass catchers and still run it back on the opposite side. That's what I'm going to do. That's what we're here to smack you around with. That's what we're here to help you actually win the Millie Maker if you're playing that or win any type of single entry three max contest if you're playing the small field stuff, which I love and I, I respect you for playing those. That's my favorite type of contest, the best ones out there. So, yes, Mahomes is my top play right now. He is expensive, but look, if Sammy Watkins plays, cheap guy right there. If Clyde Bertiller plays, cheap guy right there. If neither of them play, well, you have Darrell Williams, you have McCole Harmon, you have Demarcus Robinson, you have Byron Pringle, all these guys who are cheap. Byron Pringle saw about three or four targets and he had two receptions before Mahomes left. And then in the second half, he did nothing because it was Chad Henney out there. So, if Byron Pringle at his $3,200 price point last week goes out there and gets you six or seven fantasy points, gets you five or six targets, that's pretty damn good and something that's going to get slept on this week. So, just keep that in mind. The only way that that's going to be viable, though, is if Sammy Watkins does indeed miss. Next up, you have Josh Allen and his positive 3% pass blocking advantage this week. He ranks sixth overall in his pass blocking unit. His pressure and his protection unit really is going to rank sixth overall. Kansas City ranks 22nd in pass rush and 13th in coverage. So, not that great of a secondary at this point. You're going to have a lot of time for Josh Allen. Josh Allen ranks fourth in the NFL when he has a clean pocket to throw from this week. He is the only quarterback out of the four remaining that will have a positive pass blocking advantage on paper, according to Pro Football Focus. Now, last week, he wasn't great, right? Seven rushing attempts for just three yards. He was 27, 23 of 37 for 206 yards and a touchdown in the divisional round. It was a low-scoring game. It was a hard-fought game. The Ravens' defense really did step up. 17-3 to victory for Josh Allen's led Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen in the regular season had that upside as well, though. So what are you getting here? You're getting an underdog with a 25.5 team implied total. That's very good to see. Like you're getting an underdog at a Tom Brady, but their team implied total is 23. It's a little bit different, right? So you're getting a nice team implied total, close to 26, 26 in a decent amount of sports books as well. You're getting that as an underdog, which if you know historically for DFS and any type of thing, if you're an underdog quarterback who does throw a lot, he's throwing 36 times per game so far this season, Josh Allen, above average for the NFL, and is in a nice team environment spot, right? You're not an underdog quarterback by 10 points and your team's only applied for 18 points, like the Redskins every single week or the Jets every single week this year, right? Or like 13 points some weeks for the Jets. No, you're Josh Allen with a three to four touchdown implied total as an underdog, meaning that more times not, you're probably gonna have to throw. And the last two weeks, you've seen Devin Singletary only have 10 overall touches on the ground. Now, Zach Moss was in there for a couple touches during the wild card round, but that is still highly, highly impressive that they're going to be throwing that much, which is great to see for fantasy purposes. And just really real life, you're going to be much more efficient when you throw the ball, play off of play action, even if you're not running the ball. And for the people out there that are saying you need the run game to set up the play action. No, you don't. It has been statistically proven. You do not need the running game to set up the play action, especially last week. And the week before that, when Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills were running play action at their league high clips that they've been doing all season long and running at the 
record lows in playoff games and it was working just fine so josh allen this week yes you have the exact same scenario i'm full on game stacking if this if i'm going this way so for example josh allen plus a devin singletary plus a stefan diggs plus a cole beasley or if you really wanted to because they're so goddamn cheap josh allen plus his three receivers right gabriel davis might be out as well that helps just a little bit more although he's a depth piece anyways but Stefan Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley stacked up with Josh Allen. Yeah, I'm fine with that. You know how many people are going to do that? Very few. Sad, that sounds so dumb. Okay, so when Stefan Diggs goes for his normal 20, when John Brown goes for 14, and when Cole Beasley, at their cheap price points, that's the thing, right? They're not all 7K. They're both in the 4K range. So if Cole Beasley and John Brown go for the mid-teens or just even low-teens, 13, 14 points apiece, Steph Diggs does his thing and puts up 20 points. And now on the opposite side of that one, you can now go to, let's just say, a Sammy Watkins if he plays, a Clyde Edwards player if you wanted to, a Travis Kelsey to fill that tight end spot probably makes a lot more sense there, in my opinion. A Tyreek Hill if you can afford it. That's what I want to be doing this week. Full on game stacking. It's as simple as that an underdog here with a nice team implied total on Josh Allen and a matchup against a defense that's not going to force pressure for again the number four overall clean pocket passer the number nine overall deep ball accuracy passer six and to finish out the year in yards per attempt this season a top five mobile quarterback when it comes to overall rushing touchdowns he finished the year third overall in rushing touchdowns with eight on the season he finished the year top five in rushing yards he finished this year top five in rushing attempts per game lots of upside here for Josh Allen he's actually a little bit more mobile than Patrick Mahomes I assume Josh Allen's ownership might come in a little bit higher than Mahomes let's say Josh Allen comes in at like 38 percent Mahomes comes in at like 32 percent somewhere like that range is where they're gonna come in because one he's cheaper by a decent amount 700 his stacking options are also cheaper when it comes to his tight end when it comes to cole beasley and john brown both criminally underpriced in this slate and steph diggs continues to be underpriced as well he should be an eight thousand dollar player easily so due to the value i think that you see josh allen pick up a little bit more ownership i can't complain with that they're going to be two of my highest quarterbacks like if i have 50 percent patrick Mahomes this week and 30 something percent josh allen i don't know if that's what the case is going to be if i have like 39 percent or 40 percent josh allen and 50 percent patrick Mahomes, i'm not going to be ah you know Pat, uh, josh allen's not a good play right no they're both my yeses this week after that if you're looking to choose one who could be a that one dude it would be Aaron Rodgers just because you're trying to look for owner look lower ownership here if you're familiar with my that one dude videos even without the best offensive lineman and definitely the best left tackle the highest paid left tackle in NFL because he got his ACL torn in a goddamn practice a month ago even without him this offensive line has been great to close out the season they faced the number one passers last week and yes Donald was only playing 54 percent of the snaps but Aaron Rodgers still wasn't touched he wasn't touched he wasn't pushed down well he was touched but not pushed down to the ground no knockdowns registered no sacks registered Rodgers this week will have a negative 22 pass blocking advantage but I'm not too sure I'm concerned about that Vita Vite, big defensive lineman uh really no stackle for this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team they're saying that there's a chance I think it's a very slim chance that he comes back this week he was activated off of IR but then you have 21 days to actually return before then you're done for the season so I think they're doing that just so if they end up going to the Super Bowl that he could actually be active look this is the number two overall pass blocking unit and what you're getting is Tampa Bay ranks right now second amongst all the teams this week so out of the four teams with a 31 percent pressure rate that ranked eighth in the regular season and they ranked fourth in coverage last week against that fantastic defense in the Rams Rodgers was fantastic right he was incredible he had 296 yards he had two touchdowns in the air one on the ground and he ended up having this is the lovely stat four rushing attempts for negative three yards because that motherfucker was kneeling down at the end of the game and securing his way into the final four for the second straight year and for the fifth time in his career but for the first time for the first time at home as a green bay packer you know what the mvp did this year he almost broke his own record with true passer rating he finished second in nfl history behind his own record set a couple of years back in true passer rating he led the entire league in touchdowns thrown he had a beautiful interception to touchdown ratio as he normally does third in yards per attempt so far this season he was third in accuracy rating he was top five in so many just play action passing he was number two true completion percentage he was number five so he's the mvp he's fantastic you know what you're getting from him and yes i would fall on game stack yet again here so that's the risk you have so much upside and so much scoring potential out of two teams that don't run the ball all that much in kansas city and buffalo right they're not going to run the ball set up that many running plays if you 
take out their quarterback runs this season, you're not getting that many running attempts. If you take out their wide receiver runs, like end arounds for McCole Harmon, Tyreek Hill, like end arounds for guys like John Brown, who's done that a couple times this year, and really Stefan Diggs, you're getting two teams in the bottom third of the league in rushing attempts. Whereas the Green Bay Packers, they run the ball this year. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they don't run the ball as much, but they run the ball this year as well. So that's where you can see a little bit slower of a pace. Packers, the slowest pace team in the NFL. So this is where it gets a little bit concerning from a full on game stack. The Packers have been scoring a lot of points. These are four of the top five passing offenses in the NFL and four of the top six scoring offenses. So that's going to be fun, but they've been doing it on an efficiency basis. So can you get 30 points yet again from Aaron Rodgers like you did last week in a tough matchup? And then can you get Tom Brady to match that to the extent where they actually have to continue throwing? I think that you can. I just don't think it's as much as Kansas City and Buffalo. And taking into account ownership is going to be very important. I think that the maybe double the ownership on these guys like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen is justified. I think it is. I think that those guys actually have a two to three times X chance of being in the winning lineups. So that's why I'm going to be leaning to those guys this week. So I have Tom Brady as a no here. If I play 150s and I end up getting like five, six percent Tom Brady, I assume I'm below the field. So he's going to be a no. If I play single entry and three max, I'm not going to have Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers would be the one way to get different in your single entry and three max lines. But I don't think that's the chance I'm taking, or at least that's not the spot I'm trying to get different. I'm trying to get different with Josh Allen and Mahomes. Right now, I have my projections as Mahomes and Josh Allen significantly ahead of the other two. Tom Brady's my only quarterback. I don't have projected for 20 points. He's cheap enough. He at least starts to become in play on Super Draft with a 20% extra multiplier bonus. But again, even there, it's probably not something I'm doing. So Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, you might be saying, ah, they're going to be the low-owned options. Yes. The reason why you want to go with low-owned options is you can get some sort of leverage on the field, right? That's the main reason you want to be going there. But if this week is the chance that I can get leverage on the field by just playing even more guys from Patrick Mahomes' team and Josh Allen's team, that's a chance that I'm going to be taking a leverage the field. Give me an extra wide receiver for Josh Allen or extra wide receiver for Patrick Mahomes to get different rather than trying to take a chance on a worse projected, a worse game situation, in my opinion, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. So with that in-depth detail breakdown on the quarterbacks, let's now move over to the running backs where we can kind of just kind of close the door on how we're going to be putting these lineups together if we're trying to play, you know, these expensive quarterbacks with their expensive stacks. How can we get the rest of these guys in there? Well, the first one's going to be Leonard Fournette. It looks like that they're saying that the groin injury and the injury for Ronald Jones is getting a little bit better. He did have 13 carries last week. Ronald Jones is going to be questionable yet again, or it was a quad injury. So he's going to be questionable yet again with this quad injury, but we expect him to play. And as of right now, Leonard Fournette's ownership is going to probably come in at least two times the ownership as Ronald Jones, maybe even three times the ownership. So if you don't think that you have a different lineup, pivoting to Ronald Jones is not a better play, but you're just doing it purely because of ownership, right? Because what that's saying is that Leonard Fournette has a three times as likely chance to be in the winning lineup or just to outbeat, really, just to outbeat Ronald Jones. And I don't think that it's going to be that high. I don't think it's 3x. Do I think it could be 2x? Maybe close to that. But if we look at the season this year, they're basically neck and neck, mano y mano. But Leonard Fournette's receiving talent and receiving skills have really shown the past couple of weeks. And as an underdog in this one, I think that's going to continue to be the case. So if you're talking about optimal builds, if you're talking about full-on game stacking, you're getting four guys, five guys from the Chiefs, you're getting six or seven guys from an entire game in your lineup, and now you only have one or two spots left from the second game, then yeah, you're probably already unique to go with a Leonard Fournette, even if the ownership's going to be high because the fact that you have seven guys from the first game or the second game for this stance is probably going to be something that very few people do. So Leonard Fournette's 30 plus percent ownership this week. It's a concern if you're playing a, you know, chalky lineup if you're playing a lineup that is not going to fall on game stack and get unique but so yeah then pivot to ronald jones to get unique in that one spot but if you're full on game stacking with six or seven guys i'm not too concerned about leonard fournette and his matchup leonard fournette has just been fantastic division around 17 carries on the ground another five receptions 44 yards in the air he ended up going for over 100 total yards and a touchdown the packers right now rank 11th in terms of rushing yards allowed so 112 per game the packers rank 18th in rush defense and 18th in tackling and it's going to be a positive a positive 42 percent motherfucking run blocking advantage for leonard fournette this week behind a top 10 run blocking unit so Leonard Fournette continues to look really good. Now, a guy that I like and I, and I kind of want to get to, and I do think there's going to be a lot of ownership. You're going to see ownership. Look, there's not that many running backs. There's literally like five decent running backs in play. Unless Clyde Edwards-Lair gets ruled out, then you can say Darrell Williams and Le'Veon Bell start to jump in play. But these guys are going to be picking up all the ownership, right? You're going to have a chalky uh, Devin Singletary, who I'm a little bit less hesitant, or I'm a little bit more hesitant on than it seems most people. You're going to have a chalky Clyde Edwards-Lair, who I think is probably my favorite running back play this week. Why is he my favorite running back play if he's picking up so much ownership? Yeah, Clyde Edwards-Lair is probably going to be 40 plus percent home. It's a motherfucking two games late. You have to find running back somewhere, and he's cheap at 5K. And now Le'Veon Bell is a swollen 
Jalen Nee, and Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to be a fantastic pass catcher, and it just allows you to stack up this offense even more. Under Patrick Mahomes, there's been 1.5 touchdowns per game to running backs in Patrick Mahomes' career. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to be a guy seeing majority of the snaps or even 50% of the snaps, and that gives him a 0.75 touchdown projection. Yes, he's going to shoot up at this point, and that's why his projections look very nice for me down below on Patreon if you want to follow along. I have Clyde Edwards Hilaire ranking out right now as my number one running back play on the slate. I have him right now as basically a virtual tie for my number one super draft play, and I have his ownership as high, right? It's going to be 40 plus percent on. Just know that, assuming that he does play. He's going to have a fantastic, just like Leonard Fournette, a positive 40%, positive 40 plus percent run blocking advantage this week. He's going up against the Buffalo Bills 29th ranked run defense and 20th ranked tackling defense. The Bills allowing 125 yards per game is bottom third of the league on the ground this year. But you also get the receiving upside. That's the bigger reason, right? You're hoping for those four or five receptions in the game that just set him over the top at this very cheap price point. And keep in mind, you don't need him to do what he was doing earlier this year or when he was $6,500. You don't need him to get you 18 points. If $5,000, if he gets you 14, 15 points, that's more than enough. And that's right in the neighborhood of where I'm projecting him this week. So you have the highest implied team total and the highest total game with a favorite on the spot and a pretty quality matchup against a terrible run defense that is not also going to be able to play him in the receiving game. I like Clyde Ridge-Larry. He's probably my favorite running back play of the week, even factoring in the ownership. Next up, we go to the most expensive running back on the slate by about $1,200. And he is expensive and he de- deserves to be so at $6,500. But you're going to get a positive 26% run blocking advantage this week behind the number six run blocking offensive line. But you're getting a brutal matchup on the ground. You need him to start to get involved in the passing game, right? Or break off a big run like he did last week, 60 yards to start the second half. But the number one rushing defense allowing just 82.2 yards per game on the ground this season. That is very scary. Now in the divisional round, because of his big 60-yard run, 14 carries, 99 yards, just missed that motherfucking bonus for me. And one touchdown. He also had a reception for 14 yards. Regular season, you know what you're getting out of this man. You're getting a very nice overall usage in the receiving game. And this is for a guy splitting the backfield, right? And even AJ Dillon, if he's going to play this week, was seeing a lot of carries to start the week last week. So ninth overall in that department. This is the big thing I'll point out. And this is important. If AJ Dillon is active, I'm probably not playing Aaron Jones. I already like Leonard Fournette and Clyde Edwards-Helaire because of their cheap price points. I kind of like Ronald Jones because of his, you know, low ownership this week and people thinking about the injury a little bit more than maybe they should. And Aaron Jones is currently a yes for me because you just might have enough salary. If you're not going to be playing all these expensive wide receivers and their quarterbacks, like let's just say you're playing one of, the, one of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and you have a lot of money left over, you might just have $2,000, $1,500 left over to just play Aaron Jones. And at that point, yeah, Aaron Jones looks like a pretty quality play. He's my highest projected play. He's not my best overall point per dollar play, but my highest projected play at the running back position which based on his salary probably doesn't shock anybody. Having a 27 team implied total as a three and a half point favorite, the biggest favorite out of the two favorites on this slate is pretty appealing still. And Aaron Jones this season has been really good. You're getting a guy who's involved in the passing game. He was sixth in the NFL in target share out of all the running backs. He was top 10 in targets out of all the running backs, right? When it comes to yards created, he was top 10. He was fantastic and he ran behind the number two run blocking efficiency line in the NFL this season. The problem with Aaron Jones is one, he is if you're trying to play expensive wide receivers and running backs, then becomes a little bit expensive. Number two, in a tough matchup. And the big one, if A.J. Dillon is going to be healthy and out there this week, it's kind of been murky on his injury status. A.J. Dillon, they were running a three-headed backfield last week. They are using A.J. Dillon as a power back. Jamal Williams is somewhat of a scat back. And then Aaron Jones in his normal role of kind of both of those things. So if A.J. Dillon's going to go out there, and yes, I think it's going to mainly eat up Jamal Williams' ceiling touch upside, but also eat up the touch upside of Aaron Jones. Because last week, Aaron Jones only saw 15 overall touches with Jamal Williams involved. And if A.J. Dillon played the second half of that game, you probably only see like 12 overall touches. So that's the concern. The touch upside for him at an increased price point. He's a yes for me right now, just because if you have enough money, you know what, let's make AJ, let's make Aaron Jones a maybe just because of the fact that he's not really a priority for me as much as I think a lot of people are going to be owning him at a high clip. Now, Ronald Jones, the only reason that I play him this week is because of the fact that he's going to be the lowest owned running back probably on the slate that's going to see 10 plus touches. That has the opportunity to see 15 plus touches, not going to be involved in the passing game at all. You're really going to have to see touchdowns. And at $4,600, yeah, you're going to need the touchdown. He can have 75 yards on the ground against a somewhat weak middle of the pack run defense of the Green Bay Packers, but he's an underdog with a bad team implied total. He needs those red zone touchdowns. 
yards. He needs to get you 60 yards, but also the touchdown because he's not going to pay off for you in the receiving game. So right now I think he's going to be the lowest on running back out of like the five that I've started right now. That's the only reason why he's in play for me. Devin Singletary, I'm a little bit hesitant on. I think Devin Singletary might be the highest on running back this week. But let's just look at this. Devin Singletary has 10, 10 overall touches in the playoffs so far. Last week, and 10 overall rushing attempts, I should say. He had 10 total touches last week if you count the receiving game. Seven carries, 25 yards, three receptions for 12 yards. He's not that much involved. Now in the regular season, he was a sneaky receiver. For a guy who was splitting a backfield, he was number 12 in yards graded. He was top 15 in receptions. He was top 15 in targets. And again, this is a guy with a true 50-50 split. And towards the second half of the year, was only playing like 45% of the snaps to 55% that Zach Moss was playing, the rookie out there who is now injured. But if Devin Singletary had a very similar price point for Ronald Jones, might be picking up like four to five times the ownership. Yeah, it's just an easy pivot to Ronald Jones. And the e- even easier thing is just to go up to Clyde edwards Lair or up to Leonard Fournette, right? Just not even try to entertain Devin Singletary because Sing- Singletary is a cheap price point and he might see this week maybe 12 touches. But if he's still going to see this low volume, they're not running the ball at all. If that's going to be the case. He has a positive 20% run blocking advantage this week against the Chiefs bottom third of the league, 23rd ranked run defense, 22nd ranked tackling unit. They allow over 120 yards per game on the ground. But if you're just not going to get volume out of him, why do you want to play him? Like, I do think you can comfortably project Ronald Jones for 12 plus touches this week. I don't think you can comfortably project Devin Singletary for 12 plus touches, or at least not at the same clip for what the ownership is going to be on them. So Devin Singletary, I have projected out for more points than Ronald Jones, but I also have him currently projected out for probably about four times the ownership as Ronald Jones. And that starts to become a little bit of a concern. So for me, it's Leonard Fournette's Clyde Edwards-Lair. Yeah, they're going to be chalky, but every single running back not named Ronald Jones that's getting touches will be chalky this week. You want to go to Ronald Jones and leave some money on the table, $400 more on the table than Clyde Edwards-Lair? Be my guest. That's fine. I'm probably not playing Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones together and anything that's worth a value to me in my overall lineup. So for me, it's Clyde Edwards-Lair, it's Leonard Fournette as my top options this week. Let's move over to the wide receiver and then, you know, tight end's pretty basic this week as it has been for a while. Again, be sure to check out Jock Market, link down below. Shout out Jock Market. Crazy motherfuckers over there. Love what their product is that they're doing right now. But the wide receiver position, it's going to be relative to who you're stacking up. It's as simple as that. I can talk about some matchups. In the matchups, are nice to hear about, but keep in mind that a lot of people overweight matchups. Like I like to look at matchups. I like to listen to matchups and talk about them, but they're worth like five to 10% of the equation. A lot of people will think they're worth 100% of the equation. That's not true at all. Like Tyreek Hill this week is going to see everybody, right? He's likely going to see some Teron Johnson the most. Like people are going to say, ah, Tyreek Hill's going to see Tredavious White. No, if you've been paying attention, Tyreek Hill lines up in the slot the far majority of the time. Tyreek Hill looks very good this week. He's one of my three wide receivers projected for 20 plus fantasy points. It's a positive 34% matchup for him against Teron Johnson. Last week, yet again, vintage Tyreek Hill. He goes for eight catches, 110 yards and 10 targets. He got the catch at the end of the game to ice it. And that catch actually made him have more receiving yards than Kelsey, which one of my buddies won a bet on that having the highest chiefs or highest receiving yard player in the game. And he ended up winning that based on that little out route on the fourth down to win the game. But this is a very efficient player. He finished third in fantasy points per target. You have the top three wide receivers in the NFL, in my opinion, at least for fantasy and probably fantasy next year. And Tyreek Hill, Diggs and Adams on this slate. Tyreek Hill looks good and he will be a priority for any of my, my, my Mahomes lineups. If you're just trying to get a gauge on what the ownership is probably going to be this week, it's going to be high on Tyreek Hill. But I suspect Stefan Diggs because he's so motherfucking cheap and Devonta Adams pick up more ownership than Tyreek Hill. After that, it's going to be Tyreek Hill probably pushing 40 plus percent ownership, but it's still fine. Now, if we want to talk about Stefan Diggs, who I just kind of name dropped in terms of what the ownership is going to be looking like. Yes, Stefan Diggs is going to be massively owned this week, but there's really no way around it. He's a thousand dollars to, I would argue like $1,400 too cheap this week. They're trying to keep it cheap so you can make easier lineups. Stefan Diggs, if you want to just look at his individual matchup this week, it's not going to be that much of a concern. He moves over all over the field too. He's like a third of the field everywhere. Uh, he's going to be questionable with this oblique injury, but he's been like that for the last two weeks and he's still putting up hundred yard performances. He's likely going to see Ward, which is a 9% matchup advantage for him, but he lines up 31% of the time in the slot as you can see on the screen right now, 30% on the left side and 39% on the right side of the field. So he'll also see some Sneed in the slide. He'll also see some Brashad Breeland, the former Packer. Last week, yet again, over 100 yards. 
last week yet again a touchdown and over 10 targets he had 11 targets eight catches 106 yards and a tutty this is one of the best wide receivers if not the best wide receiver outside of Devontae Adams during the regular season this year and Stefan Diggs I currently have projected at the wide receiver position as my number one overall value play so it's not shocking and by a decent amount he is my second highest projected wide receiver basically mano e mano with uh, Devontae Adams but he's a thousand dollars cheaper he looks like a fantastic play Stefan Diggs is probably the best wide receiver play in the slate just know that the ownership will be there but again lineup construction is how you get different not by fading the plays that are probably going to absolutely bury you and take all your money from you and you can see Devontae Adams isn't a yes for me because he's in that game that I don't have as much interest in right and Devontae Adams is picking up ownership so I don't feel like oh you know he's only 20% owned I can get to him no Devontae Adams is arguably going to be right next to Stefan Diggs 1v1 1a 1b in terms of who is going to be the highest owned wide receiver this week so Adams is definitely in play right if you have enough money as a one-off but I suspect that in my main lineup this week for single entry my 150s I'm obviously going to get to him but I suspect a lot of those lines based on the rules and stacking rules and randomness and ownership and stuff like that that I'm going to account for for total lineup ownership that I'll just be coming in under the field on Devontae Adams if he's like 50% on this week but these are the guys I mentioned it earlier you have the guys from the same game those are all the guys that I basically have a yes interest in right you have John Brown and Cole Beasley these guys are too motherfucking cheap John Brown and Cole Beasley this week are two of my top plays all three of the Bills wide receivers are my top three wide receiver plays from a point per dollar standpoint so yes I'm okay to get all three of them in a lineup if this is a 10 game slate no I'm never doing that I'm probably never doing that in my life if it's a 10 game slate if it's a four game slate we consider it a two game slate yeah it's fine right the three best wide receiver plays in the slate all from the same quarterback in the same game you can just stack them all up and, and be unique in your own regard by having the best plays in your lineup yeah it sounds pretty damn easy to me in my opinion Cole Beasley will see much of Sneed which is going to be a, about a neutral matchup Pro Football Focus is saying minus 12% matchup due to Cole Beasley's injury. I can see that as well. Last week, he got shut down by Marlon Humphreys. So if that's going to keep his ownership lower, uh, happy to me. More power to us, right? If he's going to keep his ownership lower, I'm fine with that. I do think that it's not going to spike his ownership down too much. He'll still be probably like a, a borderline top five on wide receiver just because there's only two games on the slate. Again, last week, he was dealing with a massive injury, but also Marlon Humphrey in the slot. Uh, Sneed is a totally different player. Now, John Brown finally looked good last week. It's a tough matchup against Bashad Breeland this week. John Brown also likely to pick up ownership. These guys are too cheap. That's the biggest thing, right? These guys are too cheap at the low 4K range for guys who are probably going to project out for around mid teens and fantasy points next guy up is sammy Watkins, and if sammy Watkins is going to play this week which is currently leaning that he's going to play i don't know how you don't like him he's going to step in he's going to be taking a role from demarcus robinson a role from mccall hartman and yes i guess you can not like him if you just think that mccall hartman now has the role over him which maybe i would like that i'd like to finally see that but i don't think that's going to be the case and sammy Watkins just lets everything else work out for you if you're playing all these expensive players sammy Watkins from the Chiefs side at least if you're playing tyree kill and travis kelsey sammy Watkins at 3800 allows you to start getting anything else you want into your lineup he's so damn cheap if sammy Watkins was to play this week he's not going to be that much owned at least right now he's probably going to be less than 20 percent on the, at this cheap price point attached to patrick mahomes is pretty surprising he's questionable with a calf injury this week during the regular season he was seeing five and a half targets per game on a 14 percent target share and a 17 percent red zone target share is at least interesting to point out for a cheap player he was fifth in the nfl in target separation 2.18 around 2.2 yards of separation per target that was fifth in the entire nfl this is not a bad player he's just a very injury prone player he's probably going to move out of the slot a lot as well so he'll have a decent matchup there um yeah i like sammy Watkins here i think sammy Watkins is going to be a very strong option for you i prefer him over mccall hartman who probably picks up more ownership at an increased price point and likely less routes run if i had to guess Watkins was running 25 to 30 routes a week before his injury so Watkins, if he plays looks good if Watkins doesn't play then yeah slide for 200 more right over to mccall hartman and if we're trying to get away from this game guys stop talking about this buffalo packers game it's not a showdown slate or this uh, buffalo and chiefs game it's not a showdown slate yeah i get it chris godwin would be my yes he's questionable this week with a quad injury not too worried about it he's gonna have the best matchup against the packers where did the rams and most teams that played them take advantage of the packers in the passing game no not on the outside against jair alexander sometimes against kevin king on the outside because he just flat out stinks but in the middle of the field it's against their linebackers and it's against their slot cornerback sullivan who's been quality but nowhere near shutdown it's gonna be a positive 28 percent matchup for chris godwin against Chandon sullivan this week this week the concern more so is just tom brady being able to actually sustain like a 300 yard game and get all these guys there because just four catches on seven targets 34 yards last week and brady going for 200 passing or to 199 wasn't great you're probably gonna see around 
on average, seven targets out of the side here. I have Chris Godwin as a pretty quality play. If you're looking for one-offs, yes, I like Leonard Fournette as a one-off running back from that game. If you're trying to build a full-on game side with Casey and Buffalo, the other one-off, the guy that I like the most would be Chris Godwin from this opposite game. I currently have Godwin projected out for 15 and a half points. I have him as a pretty quality play all around. Overall this week, Chris Godwin ranks out sixth overall wide receiver play. So he's behind most of the guys in Kansas City and Buffalo and behind Devontae Adams. So those are my yeses right now. If I scroll down, you can see some of the maybes that are going to be on the screen if you stuck around for that. Alan Lazar, I'm not going to be that much interested in, right? The price point doesn't really move, but I think a lot of people jump on him. I mean, he basically had a good game because he had a 50 plus yard touchdown, right? Now he was getting open left and right and Rodgers was throwing him open, but he dropped another touchdown before that, which would have maybe been him gone, right? So yeah, I think that Lazard is in play, but I'd rather go for $300 less to a guy who's been struggling and a guy who's just been hit or miss. Literally, he will get you zero points or he will get you 18 to 20 points. And that's MBS if he's catching a 60-yard touchdown or not. So these are the other guys that are in play. Antonio Brown is very sneaky this week because he'll be lower owned. Uh, so at the running back position, that one dude would be Ronald Jones just because he's the only one low owned. That's why that, that's why that one dude this week doesn't really work because you're kind of forced to play guys you don't want to play just because they're low owned, right? When some weeks there's actually good plays. Like Antonio Brown this week is actually a good play. The problem is who sees Jair Alexander? I think it's Antonio Brown, and that's a concern because Jair was arguably a top two cornerback in the NFL fellas here right up there with Jalen Ramsey and he actually outperformed Jalen Ramsey last week albeit an easier matchup because Mike Evans will probably see Kevin King which is a fantastic matchup for Mike Evans so yeah Mike Evans at $5,800 he's the only reason I don't like him more than Godwin is because he's a little bit more expensive tougher to get to him in some of the lineups I was playing with but Kevin King is atrocious he's bottom 10 cornerback this season and Mike Evans can take advantage of that whereas Antonio Brown on the opposite side probably doesn't see him as much because Jair Alexander likes to play the shorter wide receivers if they're talented and similarly talented so Kevin King a bigger cornerback will probably take the bigger wide receiver and Mike Evans on the outside Hardman is in play and Hardman will probably be lower own this week because Watkins is returning. Otherwise, Hardman would be pushing like 30 plus percent ownership, no doubt about it. So Hardman being in the teens, if you think he just continues this role that he did to close out the year in the last couple of weeks and last week in the playoffs, these last four weeks running at least 20 or more routes a game, then yeah, play Hardman. But I think with Sammy Watkins back, that might cut down to like 15 routes. Watkins plays about 20 to five routes or 20 routes or so. I'd rather go to Watkins for a little bit cheaper. So that's where we're at with the wide receiver position. We have guys like Demarcus Robinson, who if Watkins is back, no real interest. Alan Lazard is like the one guy that you might be saying, how are you not playing Alan Lazard? I mean, he's not going to be highly owned. He'll be 15% owned. And in that price range, I'd rather just take. Sammy Watkins, McCole Hartman, and even take a shot on MVS. Like you might get MVS this week on a two game slate at like three, four, five percent home. That's crazy, right? That's crazy. If you're trying to find the ultimate leverage play, you know, I talked about Antonio Brown. That one, dude, the punt play, the punt leverage play is definitely MVS because I'm currently projecting MVS for less than five percent ownership on a two game slate for a guy who's a home run hitter, right? So I don't know how much it works out. I think it's a tough matchup for him. But if it does indeed work out, ain't no mother gonna have that motherfucker. Outside of that, there's nobody else up in the slate. Byron Pringle only in play if Sammy Watkins is out. And then Gabriel Davis is dealing with an injury, but now he's the wide receiver four in this team. But John Brown seemingly back and healthy. So closing it up at the tight end position, we don't have to spend too much time on the tight end position. We know what we're doing at the tight end position. It's 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 almost fairly obvious, I would say. I have on here right now Gronk and Cameron Bray as nose. If you want to play them, go for it. I'm just trying to really narrow down this player pool so I can be pretty transparent with you guys that I'm probably not gonna have a lot of them this week. Uh, if you want to find that one due to the tight end position, I mean all the tight ends are there's only a couple of them, they're gonna be owned. So Dawson Knox will be that one due to the tight end position just for a punt play, who I think has some upside. And really, he's not going to be massively owned because that's going to be mainly Travis Kelsey, but also some Robert Tonyan. But here's the thing. You're going to have Travis Kelsey with a positive 49% matchup advantage against Matt Milano. That's the best on the entire weekend. Yet again, over 100 yards last week on 10 targets. It's a fantastic spot for Mr. Travis Kelsey. We don't have to break down into it. He's by far my highest projected head end. Want to know exactly how many more points I have for him than anybody else? I have Travis Kelsey right now for over 12 more points than any other tight end on the slate. I said it last week. I've said it for a lot of weeks this season, but I said it last week on a smaller slate. Now it's even a smaller slate with a two game slate compared to a four. Just play motherfucking Travis Kelsey. It's a Symbol as that. Unless there's an injury in this game, the matchup is so, so good. If Mahomes is back, the matchup is so, so good that they're not stopping him. Kelsey 
even if he doesn't score a touchdown, it's probably going to get you 15, 16 points. And that's going to be double than what anybody else gets you on average on this slate, right? Nobody else is within 12.3 points of him in my projections. Play Travis Kelsey, prioritize Travis Kelsey. If you don't play Travis Kelsey, yeah, sure. Maybe you can get into your lineup, all of Tyree Kill, Stefan Diggs, and Devonta Adams. And that's what you're trying to do. But that's probably the only thing I would do. If you're not playing Travis Kelsey, you should probably try and get those three stud wide receivers in your lineup because there's no other reason to be fading Travis Kelsey. If you're playing Travis Kelsey this week, but Tyree Kill and Stefan Diggs, and you're, and you're trying to get that together. Yes, Travis Kelsey is the exact same price point as Devonta Adams. If you think that Devonta Adams can outscore Travis Kelsey this week, but also the bigger thing, if you think that the replacement you're putting at the tight end position for Travis Kelsey can actually do something because it doesn't matter if Devonta Adams has a good game at 8K and you're playing him over Travis Kelsey this week. What matters is if Travis Kelsey goes off for 19 points and all the other tight ends get like six points. Yeah, that 19 points is probably going to be in the winning lineup because a 13 point difference between a position is much is going to be much greater than the wide receiver and running back position. So it's Travis Kelsey or bust really for me outside of that Dawson Knox and Robert Tonyan. I would rank the tight ends this week. Travis Kelsey, Dawson Knox and Robert Tonyan. There's really not much after that I would rank it. Um, Cameron Bray and Gronk. So those are my top five. Nothing else after that. Mercedes Lewis might have a reception. They might see a red zone target. That's about it for the Packers. But yeah, outside of that, Dawson Knox at $2,800 is just a punt play that allows you to, to pay up for the Devonta Adams of the world and the Stephon Diggs and the Tyree Kills all in the same lineup. I'm sure people will be trying to do that. I'm not going to try and get cute. I'm just going to play Travis Kelsey and I'll probably play him in damn near 100% of my lineups. So thank you all for tuning in to the final thoughts for the conference championship game. The NFL season is sadly coming to a close here. We still have the Super Bowl, but yeah, on this channel, we have MMA content. Check that out for the Conor McGregor UFC 257 fight. That MMA video and that content will be out around noon today on Friday. So if you're watching on Saturday, it's already out before the fights, right? If you're watching later today on Friday, it's going to be already out. So it'll be around noon. We also have PGA content coming out each and every single week. And we have NBA content in a live stream later today at 4 p.m. Live streams during the week, every week at 4 p.m. And in the morning videos on most of the days now with the NFL over, we'll have even more. Be sure to check out the sponsor of the show, Jock Market. My name's Sal. My code is Sal20, S-A-L-2-0. Gets you a free $20 credit to play with that. Like and subscribe before you go. If you want the advanced tools and metrics and all the updates for them for a bunch of different sports, link down below. What are you waiting for? It's going to take your game to a whole nother level. Patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri. That is patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri. Appreciate you all. Have a great rest of your day. And I'll see you all in the next one.